Hello, Filled With Messages friends. Thanks for joining me today. If you don't know me, my name is uh, Ruth Farrell, and I'm the lead pastor of St. Peter United Church of Christ in Lake Zurich, Illinois. Anyone a fan of the Netflix show Grace and Frankie? In a recent episode, Bud, a male character about my age, holds the door open at a coffee shop for a woman also about my age whom he doesn't know. When she walks through the door with nary a glance, nod, or thank you in his direction, Bud not so quietly says, you're welcome. The woman abruptly turns to face Bud asking, what did you say? And the conversation devolves from there. Bud judges the woman for her bad manners, and the woman judges Bud for his self-righteousness. When we do something we perceive as kind, nice, or polite, as Bud explains his door-holding, we often expect something in return, at least a cursory thank you. And when someone doesn't respond the way we expect them to, we often judge them pretty harshly. We think things such as, they must have been raised in a barn, Or, to quote the catchphrase of a popular sitcom from my childhood, how rude. Yet kindness is not judgmental. Kindness requires us to accept that every person is a created and complex human and to treat them as such. Accepting the uniqueness and complexity of each person doesn't leave room for judgmental behavior. We can only be kind if we are living with grace and compassion and love. Hear these words from Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 27 to 31. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good through those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other one also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds and our bodies to hear you speaking to us now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus had a lot of hard teachings, and this passage contains quite a few of them. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one as well. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt either. Good grief, that's asking a lot. Before we go any further, I want to be very clear. When Jesus invites us to love, bless, and pray for our enemies, he doesn't mean we have to live with them stay with them, be friends with them. Jesus is also not saying we should ignore the pain, forget the injuries, or absolve the accountability of those who hurt us. If you are in a relationship of any sort where you are being harmed, Jesus wants you to get out safely. Please reach out to someone you trust if you need help leaving a relationship in which you are being hurt. When Jesus invites us to love, bless, and pray for our enemies, one of the building blocks of what he's calling us to is kindness. Alas, I'm not sure that makes Jesus' teaching any easier to follow. Kindness requires intentionality. It requires discipline. It asks us to do hard things. As Pastor Bruce Reyes Chow writes, kindness is exhausting 
because most of us are not practiced or disciplined at living it. So we must choose to live kindness every single darn day. Kindness in our everyday lives does not just happen. It requires a deep commitment and practice discipline of acting against so many of our natural reactions. Our natural reactions to our enemies are to kick them in the teeth, say something nasty about them behind their backs, give them the cold shoulder. But instead, Jesus asks us to rise above our natural reactions and to love our enemies, bless them, pray for them. One of the ways we can do those things is by being kind. Jesus' hard teachings continue with one that's so familiar, we're likely to have it memorized, hanging on the walls of our homes, embroidered on our throw pillows. Treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. It's tempting to make this portion of Jesus' teaching transactional. If I treat people how I want to be treated, then they will treat me the way I want to be treated. But that's not what Jesus actually says. Jesus makes no promise that people will treat you how you want to be treated. Jesus makes no promise that if you are kind to someone, they will be kind back to you. It's also tempting to misread another aspect of the golden rule as transactional kindness. Here's how Pastor Bruce explains this possible pitfall. It is quite possible that the recipient of the treatment does not actually want to be treated in the same way that you do. If our social location and context become the norm, we treat people how we would want to be treated, assuming they live in the same norm. A good example is how we greet one another. I tend to be a hugger, but not everyone likes to be hugged. The definition of kindness I've borrowed from Pastor Bruce for our sermons on kindness states that we accept each person as a created and complex human. In other words, we accept that all of us are different. If we are all unique, then each one of us will have different things that feel safe, good, normal. We do our best to follow Jesus' teachings to treat others as we want them to treat us when we practice kindness carefully, humbly, and gently, knowing that what feels good to us might not feel good to someone else. Trying to be kind comes with some temptations, especially when we are trying to be kind to someone we perceive as an enemy. Perhaps the biggest temptation is to be kind because of what it might get us. If we're kind to an enemy at work, it might stop them from trying to one-up us. If we're kind to a bully on the playground, they might leave us alone. If we're kind to an enemy on the road, they might not tailgate us. The problem is that when we think of what kindness will get us, in other words, when kindness becomes transactional, it stops being kind. Kindness has to be given freely without expecting anything in return. When we practice kindness transactionally, it is likely to land us in a very frustrating place. Again, Pastor Bruce speaks to this idea. If our commitment to kindness is contingent upon being repaid with the same posture or approach, we are in for a lifetime of frustration and jaded future. In the scene I described earlier from Grace and Frankie, Bud ended up being very snarky when the woman refused to thank him for holding the door open. We're often snarky when we're feeling frustrated or jaded. Jesus encouraged us to avoid the pitfalls of transactional kindness when he said, give to everyone who asks and don't demand your things back from those who take them. It's hard to prevent kindness from being transactional. It's culturally ingrained in us to think about what kindness might get us. We even say things like kill him with kindness 
by which we mean, let's be really kind to someone so they will do what we want them to do. It's hard to let go of our needs to get something in return for our kindness, but that's Christ's call. Be kind. Love even your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Do all of those things, even though you almost certainly are not going to get anything for them. Kindness can feel patronizing if not done with humility. When I was in my 20s, I was friends with an elderly woman at church who had been a missionary somewhere in South America. I'm sorry to say I've forgotten the exact location now. She told stories about how people would mail their used tea bags and other completely useless things to her in quote-unquote Christian love and care. I'm sure the senders thought they were being kind, but she was enraged by their cheapness and thoughtlessness. If my friend was disgusted by the quote-unquote kindness of the people from her church in the States, imagine what people might feel like if they didn't know us and experienced a similar type of quote-unquote kindness, which might be better labeled as pity. Reverend Reyes Chow writes, When attempting to help others, kindness compels us to see the other as a complex human with agency and perspective. Kindness allows us to ask what is needed, provide support that is healthy, and enter into a relationship that is not patronizingly transactional in nature, but relationally reciprocal in actuality. When we do this, we learn from one another, and we build up the wholeness of each human being as we journey on our way into the future together. Shortly after encouraging us to treat others as we want to treat them to treat us, Jesus said, don't judge and you won't be judged. One of the best ways we can hold ourselves back from judging others is to learn to see others as created and complex humans. When we do so, we remember that we all have our own unique stories, backgrounds, days that are informing the way we're behaving. And as we do that, we also remember that each of us needs agency, the ability to steer our own life, to make our own decisions, and to do so without judgment. At the end of his book, In Defense of Kindness, Pastor Bruce asked two important questions. How can we avoid adding to others' pain with our judgment, our privilege, or our ambivalence? How can we be part of the healing by exercising our kindness? We all want to be treated in ways that avoid adding to our own pain. We all want to be treated in ways that heal. When we embrace the discipline of kindness, we avoid adding pain and we help heal. May Jesus give us the grace and strength to choose kindness. Thank you so much for joining me today, my friends. Throughout this sermon, I referred um, to Reverend Bruce Reyes' child book, In Defense of Kindness, and I am very grateful for his thoughts and his wisdom. As you go forth from here, may you practice the discipline of kindness. May you grow those muscles so that you can learn to be truly kind in all you say and do. May God bless you and keep you as you go forth from here. Take good care, my friends. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.